0: Welcome back, everyone, to the podcast. It's Andre here from the Mental Health. I'm at the Arts on Prescription event with David Leventhal from Dance for PD. Dancing for Parkinson's. This is a really interesting project, David. Tell us about it.
1: Thanks. Well, this is a project that started uh, almost 19 years ago at the Mark Morris Dance Center in Brooklyn, New York. We were approached by a woman named Oli Westheimer, who was the founder of a sport group for people with Parkinson's in Brooklyn, and she had a hunch that dance training and rehearsal and performance would be useful for people with Parkinson's. Um, There was, at that time, no research really on the impact of dance on people with Parkinson's, so it really was a very experimental project to start with. Um, It started with uh, two dancers from the Mark Morris Dance Group. I was one of them and my colleague, uh, John Higginbotham, and we started leading classes really without any knowledge of Parkinson's. And and what we soon experienced uh, in that process was that you know what, professional dancers and people living with Parkinson's have a lot to say to each other. There's a lot of exchange because dancers are having to learn new movement material, uh, new choreography all the time. And we have to adapt to that. We have to strategize ways to learn it, to execute it, to execute it as if it seems natural and organic, even when often it's not, when a choreographer gives it to you. Um, And you know, the same is true for people with Parkinson's. People with Parkinson's are experiencing movement challenges uh, differently uh and and experiencing uh difficult some difficulty in movement and have to approach the choreography of life with the strategies and mindset of a dancer so for example when you are um navigating through a crowd you have to think of that as a dance improvisation so how do i how do i shift my weight in a way that's fluid and flexible how do i uh, make myself aware of my surroundings. How might I use music or rhythm to help me maintain a steady pace, um, just as a dancer does? So, really, what we're what we're trying to create in these dance for Parkinson's classes is a is a form of of exchange, artistic exchange between uh, a teaching artist and someone living with Parkinson's. We're we're not saying we're the experts necessarily. We're saying we have information to share, and we have information that we can learn from people living with Parkinson's about movement and about these these strategies.
0: Yeah. So purely selfishly, I have a father who has Parkinson's, he was yeah. diagnosed about four years ago. Tell me what actually happens when somebody turns up at a class.
1: So often we get people coming for the first time. They've never danced before. They may even have a preconception of dance as something that is really difficult or not accessible for them. And so we what they're going to experience when they walk in is a welcoming, safe Fun environment. We don't. Uh, one of the things about this program is it is a fully artistic approach to movement. We don't talk about therapy. We don't talk about Parkinson's at all in the class, even though we know from the research that's been done uh, that there's there's there are quite significant impacts that happen, positive impacts that happen. Um, we start seated so that people who might have concerns about balance are um, are accounted for and we'll do a series of sort of progressive warm-up to get the body starting to move using the language of dance or using a specific technique whether it's contemporary or ballet or katak or uh, uh, flamenco these styles are, are used throughout the world it doesn't this, this program is not tied to a specific style, um, and after that seated warm up, we will progress for those who are who are comfortable doing so to some work at a chair or at a bar to continue some of those explorations, and then finally uh, traveling movements in, in in sort of around the space. So it it's a it's a progressive model that. Uh, it would be recognizable to anybody who takes dance classes around the world, but is often new to people who coming, are coming into dance for the first time. Um, we bring in a variety of approaches, so there's some structured activities where you are learning set choreography that's developed specifically for that class, um, but almost all classes use also some form of improvisation. So there are specific tasks that are um, that are given or cues that are given where the individual... Uh, themselves, have to, they have to figure out how to navigate through using those, those prompts or those cues. So it's not necessarily imposed on them. They're finding their own path. I think for some people that's the most challenging part because they've never really had to improvise in a dance context. However, we are, we are constantly faced with improvisatory challenges in real life. In fact, life is an improvisation in many ways. So we're not always given the, the steps that we have to do uh to to get to get through our life so uh once we once we frame it that way i think improvisation is a more palatable way of of thinking about uh, a way a way to move and a way to to navigate
0: has dancer pv been evaluated in any way
1: so there are currently uh 38 peer-reviewed studies on the impact of dance for people with parkinson's uh i should mention that that encompasses a full range of different styles of dance. Um, the dance for PD model is represented in about eight or nine of those studies. Um, and we see, just as we see a broad range of people with Parkinson's um, coming into the class, people who are just diagnosed, who you wouldn't even know from looking at them that they're living with Parkinson's, to people who um, have, have a, a fairly high degree of, of challenge and may even be um, using a wheelchair to, to navigate through life, we, we see the full range of, of participant in the class, and um, for that reason, we also see a very full range of benefits and outcomes from the research. Anything from um, people's gait improving, people's balance improving, to more of a psychosocial measure, so people finding mood improvement, uh, reduction of depression, reduction of anger um, uh reduction of social exclusion i think often people with parkinson's feel excluded from groups they feel awkward about going out and this uh, this class as the research shows plays a significant role in helping people feel a sense of connection and belonging and social community where otherwise they they might be quite alone or, or isolated
0: at this arts and prescription event we've, we've covered all sorts of different types of intervention if you like and it's really interesting that dancing is part of the conversation it feels to me that a lot of the cultural interventions that we've looked at have been quite <clears throat> inaccessible mm. for various reasons. Mm. You know, going to a museum or going to a classical concert is not mm. something that's necessarily on everybody's list of things to do. What are your feelings about how accessible your dance classes are to people with um, backgrounds of discrimination and stigma and inequalities?
1: Well, the one... Uh really great thing about dance and particularly dance culture in the UK is that um, there are so many different styles and forms of dance that are represented. Uh, So Dance for PD is less about a set curriculum or style of dance and more about an approach to teaching and content um, that, that can be adapted for any style. So uh, you could have a dance for Parkinson's class, as we do in the U.S., be in, in an Afro-Haitian or Afro-Caribbean style. Um, we have classes that are that are um, in flamenco. We have classes that are taught in India that are in uh, that use Kathak, traditional katak dancing, and Bollywood as the as the content basis. So, and and those classes are also taught. By teachers who are teaching artists who represent the cultures that that are that are in the class, so I think it's really important to note that dance is an international language um, and that there are many many cultures around the the world where dance is an inherent part of that culture it is it is wrapped up in cultural identity it is wrapped up in cultural heritage and so um in that way, it is, it is a very accessible art form. I think where it becomes inaccessible is when people think that um, their, their physical body can't do certain steps because of how dance has been presented uh, in the past as a sort of elite art form or an art form that can only do- be done by trained professionals. In fact, when you look at the way that dance culture has evolved around the world, Dance is done by the people. It's done by everybody. It's done as part of cultural ritual. It's done as part of weddings. Um, and, and in those contexts, everybody's dancing. So our goal sort of as a Dance for Parkinson's network is to remind people of that fact and to make sure that our classes really reflect the cultural perspectives and backgrounds of the communities where they're taking place. Um, and I think that's that's particularly important here in the UK where there is such a diverse range of, of perspectives um, and, a, and a diverse range of dance styles that are that are in, already in communities so let's leverage that diversity and make uh, make those individual experiences more accessible for people with specific movement disorders.
0: So how does this get rolled out to different? Areas. If there's a local dance teacher in a rural setting here in the UK who's just listening to this for the first time, how would they get involved?
1: So there are uh, there's a fairly rigorous training program that is uh, that we in, in the New York uh, group collaborate on with the uh, with our partners here in the UK, We're primarily at People Dancing, which is the the, the name for the Foundation for Community Dance and, and People Dancing. Uh, uh, produces a number of training workshops for, uh, for teaching artists who are interested in this work throughout the year uh, and and you can go to the people dancing website to find out more about the professional development opportunities and training opportunities uh, for for any dance practitioners and again we're, we're not looking for people in a specific style we're looking for people from a wide range of dance styles but really people who have experience leading um, leading communities in dance activities I will say as well that we uh, have partnered with people dancing to create an online course so if people are not sure of this, uh, field as something for them, or they they want more information without committing themselves to a full in person training. Um, they can take the online course, which is eight modules. It's usually done over eight to ten hours. Uh, there's an assessment at the end of it, and that's a really great way, I think, for people to start to get involved with the program um, in in a personal way and start to learn more about it before they invest in uh, in in training. Not to say the training is that expensive, but it just it takes more. More sort of dedicated time and perhaps some travel. Um, so before you do that, take the online course, see if it's for you, see if it's of, of interest to, to you, and uh, dovetails with your your artistic uh, focus. And and uh, and there there are there are those those workshop opportunities for people who are interested in moving forward with the with the training.
0: Okay, great work. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing it with us.
1: Thanks so much for the for the opportunity.